You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Welcome back, guys. We're so excited. This week we're doing a live recording in my new place. Um, So it's different surroundings, feeling really good. Um, But this week we have Emily and Caleb of Cambridge Naturals on the podcast. Um, We were actually just chatting about this, but for anyone listening, Cambridge Naturals kind of played a role um, in the Mm -hmm. start of our podcast um, when we were brainstorming the name. And I feel like for both Beck and I, it's a place that we can go. We just know that we can trust every single product. And it's a really cool place for people like us who are wellness junkies. Like, we always find something new and different um, and local, which is amazing. Um, So can you guys just introduce yourself for the pod and tell us a little bit about how you're here today? Emily. Sure. (laughs) Um, So I'm Emily Cantor, and I grew up literally in Cambridge Nationals. Um, <laughs> my family started the business in 1974, and um, I worked in the store as a teenager and in college, um, but I've been more seriously involved for the last five years with my husband, Caleb. Who is me? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, my name is Caleb Dean. Uh, I am married to Emily, and I first got involved in the store five years ago when we moved oh. back from Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Yeah, so like I to, think I yeah. feel like that's super interesting. So you grew up around it, and mm-hmm. then you left. So yeah. I feel like that's a key piece because I there's I I heard a statistic where like most second generation businesses fail within mm-hmm. like three years or something <laughs> when the kids take over because they're just like not as passionate about it. Totally. You know, they're not as invested in it. And so I think it's really interesting that you've been able to kind of take that over, but you also took a break, kind of did your own thing and then came back to it. So kind of walk us through what that was like, like making the decision to come back. Sure. Well, that's good to hear that we've crossed the three-year hurdle. We're not a statistic anymore. Um, but yeah, so so I, I mean, as I said, I grew up in the business and um, spent a lot of time working in it, but, you know, and, and was involved in it through family conversations. It was always the dinner table topic of conversation mm-hmm. in my house. And over the years, I also, you know, would have long phone conversations with my parents about how things were going, and so I played a role in some sense. Um, But it was really, you know, well, at this point, seven years ago, um, which is scary to think about, um, (laughs) when I was in grad school um, uh, studying for my MBA and started recognizing some of the lessons I was learning in business school and how they applied to my family's business Um, and thinking about how amazing it it could be to apply some of these um, tools and practices onto a thriving, existing organization. And um, similarly, Caleb Caleb had gotten to the same grad program we as, overlapped. As I did. Yeah. Oh, cool. He started yeah. first. He's mm-hmm. impulsive. I'm impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally like, he told me one day, I think I'm applying to grad school. And then like two weeks later, he was at orientation. Wow. So it was, it was a very unique That's program. Um, it was not Harvard Business. It was not HBS. <laughs> it was um, a program called Bainbridge Graduate Institute. And it was an MBA, but focused on business for good. Um, so sustainable business models. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a really amazing program. And um, it's now part of Presidio, which yeah. is an, another one of the early sustainable MBA programs, oh, okay. uh, which is in San Francisco. So there's two of them combined okay. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our campus was literally in the woods. Um, Out on an island off Seattle. It was yeah. beautiful. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was wow. pretty magical. Um, but so, you know, at the same time, my parents were stuck starting to talk about their eventual 
transition out of the business. You know, at that point, they were actually pretty burnt out on running the store. They had mm-hmm. been running it for 40 years at that mm-hmm. point. Um, they, you know, when I think about it, they were 23 when they started the business. They've literally done nothing else in their adult yeah. lives yeah. But, but run this organization. Um, They've I, done some other things. Well, I know. They'll probably listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes, they they had three kids. They're very very active in other things, (laughs) but they've had no other uh, paid profession beyond career. Career. Exactly. Um, My mom was an accountant for like a year out of Mm. college, and then uh, or worked in accounting, and then so so they've been doing this for so long. They were they were starting to get burnt out and talking about their transition eventually. And it was really heartbreaking for me to think about the business, you know, moving on from our family. Yeah. It was a big part mm. of my my childhood and uh, my understanding of who I was and all of that. So Caleb and I started talking about what it would look like to move back. Well, and... we were actually up in the mountains, right. in, in the Wallawa <laughs> Mountains in eastern Oregon. So Oregon's like this. In the northeast corner, there's a, a mountain range called the Wallawa Mountains. Mm. And my aunt and uncle own a llama ranch. And they're, oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> Shout out to Wallowalamas.com. <laughs> and they they uh, are outfitters, so they take people hiking in the mountains. And it's this wonderful experience. People actually wow. gain weight on them because they're the food is so incredible and the, the llamas carry all the gear. You like show up you, at, do yeah. you ride a llama? No, no, no. no. <laughs> If you're at like 80 pounds or less, <laughs> yeah. you can try. Yeah. Imagine yeah. this group of yeah. people yeah. on children. No. There are horse outfitters, but this yeah. is a... Yeah. 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 But, we were up but there. no, they carry like all of the food. Yeah. So it's all like packed into these coolers. And so you show up and there's like gourmet lasagna night yeah, there's, like, Italian with night wine. And oh. yeah. yeah, there's like margaritas and... and it's it's amazing. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So we were up in the mountains and, and we were sitting by the fire and Michael said something like, when are you guys going to get married and move home and take over the business? And we're like, uh. and there, was happened to, there happened to be a rabbi <laughs> on, on the, the trip. trip and she's yeah. like, I can marry you right now. And yeah. we're like, ah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It then took me like three years to convince Caleb actually that to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, I, yeah. I kind of wish we had just done that. Yeah. yeah. Caleb, yeah. Caleb. The, one of the first things Caleb ever told me was that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me, and then it took me like three years to actually convince him that we should get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a long time. <laughs> I was like, cool. Um, anyway, so we yeah we started talking about what it would really look like to move back, and we had built this incredible community of people in Oregon, so it was pretty tumultuous to think of leaving that. Um, but the business was, you know, such a draw for us. It, it had this opportunity to put our mark on something, to take mm-hmm. a thriving company and um, put some new organizational structure around it that we felt like wasn't quite there, um, sort of rebuild the culture, which at that time was struggling a little bit, and um, the internal culture, and um, and grow my parents' legacy. and. So that was enough of an impetus, and both of our families are in this area, so that you know really drew us back to. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we got here. Cool. <laughs> and then we drove cross country in July 2014. Yep. Got married. And then moved into our apartment, and then started work like a day later. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, we then like finally took a vacation last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Getting away for a yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear so. Cambridge Naturals was founded in 1974, yeah. right? So just to take a step back for anyone listening, I feel like that was so way early <laughs> for any wellness type store. Yeah, can we in Boston, I especially like. in Boston? So can we talk a little bit about your parents' inspiration and like what motivated them to do that? Sure. So. Um, so there's actually, they were pretty unique. However, there are a few other stores around the country. Um, so we're a part of this group called the Independent Natural Foods Retailers Association, INFRA. And it's all these independent stores around the country. And many of them were started like in the early 70s or 80s. There's actually a couple that were started in like the 40s and 50s. Wow. And they're oh in God. the third generation, That's which amazing. is amazing. That's crazy. But I mean, those are much ra- more rare. 
Um, but yeah, so my dad grew up in a very um, sort of leftist political family, um, uh, you know, protesting, going to civil rights marches. Um, and his parents actually were sort of involved in like the vegetarian movement in, um, in, in its existence back then. And my dad, similarly, you know, to like any teenager rebelling against his parents was sort of like, you know, I'm going to go eat hamburgers down the street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But as he became more um, politically active in his youth and then later um, into his teens and 20s, he started making the connection between the politics of food and the politics of, you know, social justice. Mm -hmm. And... um, recognizing that we were dumping these chemicals on our food and farm workers were being exposed to this, um, these chemicals and just sort of the whole circle of that. And, um, and so he became very interested in the politics of food and that's what led him along with my mother to, to launch Cambridge Naturals. Um, so, and Cambridge has been a long, you know, for a long time has been sort of this academic, Mm -hmm. liberal, uh, area. And so there were a lot of people in this area that were very committed to healthy living and Mm -hmm. sort of back to the land type movements. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were definitely pioneers. And, and when I was growing up, I mean, n- you know, nobody wanted to trade lunches with me. Like, <laughs> it was not... You didn't have Lunchables. No. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, sprouted bread and almond butter sandwiches for you. Um, so, yeah, it was, I was definitely, you know, unique amongst my peers. But we had, there were people in the community who knew about what we did and were interested in it. Um, but that has shifted so much. I mean, in the last 10 years, it's dramatic how many people are excited about healthy living mm-hmm. that weren't before. So it's really amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what a cool story. And I would love to know, Caleb, how mm-hmm. you kind of came into this and like coming from the outside, looking in <laughs> yeah. to this family that's owned a natural food store for so long. How did you kind of, like, were you into wellness and healthy foods before, or did you become more when you... Yeah, met? I think I was kind of adjacent to it. Mm. But it wasn't, you know, it, we, growing up, we ate healthy. You know, my I'm an only child. I grew up in Western Massachusetts. Mm. And there's actually a, a store called McCusker's Market that was started the same year. Oh, wow. And it was right downtown in, in a, my little hometown called Shelburne Falls. I don't know if you, mm. you've been out there. It's yeah. idyllic. It's really cute. Isn't Bridge of Flowers. Beautiful Farms. That's, That's Vermont. That's Vermont. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> but Shelburne Falls is this beautiful little town. Um, nine towns went to my high school, so it's it's very rural. So I grew up in a on a farmland that my grandparents lived on. My grandmother only lived in that town her entire life. Um, so I come from that kind of place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. connection to the landscape, connection to you know our food sources was important mm-hmm. to us. Um, but I also grew up not able to uh, eat dairy. I was allergic to mm-hmm. the casein protein. Mm-hmm. So I was also a very kind of like young finicky eater. Yeah. That, like I always had my own of everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you know, I had my own sorbet when everyone else yeah. was having right. ice cream. Did you and find I, out that through like doctors or just kind of like... I, when I was nine months old, I went into anaphylaxis <gasps> from yogurt. Oh my God. Uh, from dairy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So my, my mother and my aunt saved me uh when I was nine months old so after that it was just kind of this how did they save you well my dad was at work and my mom like she like she didn't have the car so my dad my um my aunt came and they took me to the hospital and that was that yeah I think it was yeah yeah um so yeah like I've always been very attuned to what's going on my body but for a while like after I grew out of that Mm -hmm. um I I really um, kind of rebelled too. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I want to eat whatever I want." Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically <laughs> college. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've since come back, and I stopped eating dairy recently because it's it's. Um, I just feel so much better mm-hmm. off it. But coming into the family, that's a whole other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. And you have a whole other like career as well. That's I do. Yeah. Linked to the business, but. Yeah. So when we were, I my background is in. Um, I studied environmental design in college, mm-hmm. and then um, I moved home 
to Shelburne after graduating mm-hmm. and got involved in rural economic development. So we were really, I was working with a group of people who were looking at all the existing building stock in the small community. And, and a good friend and I were really focused on, you know, this wonderful community raised us. How could we help it create opportunity for young people? professionals because mm-hmm. it felt moving home it kind of felt like there wasn't much opportunity but yeah. we both mm-hmm. had to be home for certain reasons for family reasons um so we 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 called ourselves the village interns and we just like <laughs> we, we like did whatever we could to get involved in any project and it, it turned into us taking over about four thousand square feet in 2008 and building out you know a very early kind of co-working space oh in there which gosh. is still going on it's now yeah. it's been um 10 or 11 years now and people were receptive to that? They were, and they still are. And now there's That's another awesome. one in town. So that was wow. really cool. Yeah. Competing. <laughs> yeah, competing. Yeah. So it was really great. And, and like, I was totally ideal. Like, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I, I like, <laughs> yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> so I, like, oh, I'm a property manager totally. now. That, cool. that was the thing. I loved designing it. I loved marketing it. I loved, like, the idea of it. And then, like, a year into it, I was like, I'm just managing a space. And this mm-hmm. is not what I want to be doing. So... Mm-hmm. Around that time, I had um, my family in the Wallawas, my Aunt Louise, my Uncle Raz, they said, we know this guy out in Portland. I feel like you guys would connect. So I went out and did a llama trip and met him. And he became a great friend, and we're great friends with the whole family. His name's Nels. Uh, his name's Nels. <laughs> uh, Nels. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Nels. Um, and so when I'd, I, I needed to leave Shelburne just to you know get out of mm-hmm. my hometown and... Um, and when I decided to move, uh, I decided to move to Portland. And we had just met and become friends, and, and then kind of everything happened very quickly, and then Emily moved out to Portland. <laughs> so, but I was trying to figure out what to do with this, because I really hadn't worked for anyone in about four years. I, like, I had a coffee shop job, and I, um, we were just talking about uh, horsehair mm-hmm, plaster. Yeah, I was doing mm-hmm. some like finished carpentry and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, I hadn't really had a career. I didn't know what that meant. Um, So out there, what I got myself into was um, rural economic uh, development, but in the context of conflict resolution. So I worked for an organization called Sustainable Northwest. What we did was solve natural resource conflict in rural communities throughout the West. It was really incredible work. Um, So I was involved in that organization. And during that period of time, I decided to go back to school. And that's when my work shifted from communities and landscape more to business because what mm-hmm. I was seeing is that... And personal leadership. And personal leadership. So a lot of the, the work, like what I was trying to focus on was what helps great businesses and projects and things like that get off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I kept kind of shifting from, was it the startup phase? Is it, you know, financing? Is it, um, you know, people being able to talk to to one another and that's Mm -hmm. where I started to like see is that there's this incredible opportunity to help teams work together to help adult humans understand one another (laughs) you know because clearly it's very challenging (laughs) Um, so so I launched a company uh called Owl Fox and Dean and that's my consulting business so it's an organizational design firm and I was doing that in Portland for uh, a year and a half before we moved back and it was successful out there and then brought it back here. And now, um, you know, since we've come back, I've kind of gotten um, more and more integrated into the store because we've just been And growing. brought that skill set yeah. into the business too. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like any organization, you know, we have lots of people mm-hmm. that work within it and people working together in confined small mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. leads to, you know, yeah. organizational dynamics. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. it was, it's been really amazing to have Caleb's insight and um, perspective on like how we communicate better Mm -hmm. organizationally, interpersonally, um, what systems do we actually need in order to do that? Where Mm -hmm. are these breakdowns happening because people, you know, aren't on the same page or don't have the same information or, you know, and also as a retail business, um, you know, there's this sort of, uh, as a society, I think we tend to look down on retail as a job, mm-hmm. um, and that can be demoralizing um, for people working within retail, and it can also make retail businesses feel like they don't need to invest in the same type mm-hmm. of systems that other mm-hmm. businesses do. And so I think we realized, and you know, not that this didn't exist beforehand, mm-hmm. 
but we realized that we needed to put even more intentionality on the organizational structure, um, more investment in these, you know, human systems mm -hmm. so that people really felt like they were working for a robust organization yeah. and that they could have a career and they could grow with those um, and that it wouldn't just sort of like dead end somewhere right. as, as this job and so yeah. I still haven't yeah. answered your family question oh. <laughs> I've, been, I've been kind of avoiding that. Um, <laughs> there's another anecdote that uh, actually ties back into the llamas so I joked maybe a year ago that I, so I looked at Michael and I was like Michael you and Emily have been in constant communication since the day I met her. And he goes, no, there was that week when you guys were in uh, the Wallawas on the llama trip where I couldn't get in touch with you. And I was like, exactly. Like, you remember that from like five years He's ago. He's holding that against you. <laughs> so, but it's, yeah. it's, I think that's we the dynamic. Like, like, my family's very quiet. Uh, I like, I am. Bunch I'm, of wasps. Totally. I, am, I, am, I say that with love. Yeah. I am like so content being really quiet out in the woods. Yeah. And like Just now listening. I'm in a, a seven open, you know, a business that's open seven days a week, long yeah. hours, constantly surrounded by 30 something people, mm -hmm. two businesses, uh, the biggest town I've ever lived in. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's kind of wild, yeah. but I love it. And I yeah. come from this like half. Jewish family that like we love to do nothing but talk all the time and yeah. like we've we've sometimes joked that we should bring out the recorder when we're having dinner with my parents because it's like you know those when Harry met Sally opening or like they have the uh -huh. snippets uh -huh. throughout yeah of the couples and they're telling these hilarious things and they're just talking. My yeah. parents are like that sometimes. They'll just go off on these tangents together and then yeah, it's it's really funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's a I fun think dynamic. I think, you know, in terms of the business, it's I've never thought of myself and maybe us, but you might think differently. Um, as an entrepreneur in this mm -hmm. context, I think like I think of myself as a steward alongside mm -hmm. Emily of this business that needs to just keep going because yeah. it's a really valuable thing to the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we own a business and we're stewards of something, but you know, it's not entrepreneurship because yeah. yeah. we didn't, you know, invent. With, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's such a a big kind of responsibility to take on as well, especially mm -hmm. coming from outside the family, being like, I better not. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this up. Yeah. So, so, so I was out in I was out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where there's this really wonderful business called Zingerman's. I don't mm. know if you, you mm. two have ever heard of Zingerman's. Mm. They're they're look them up. They're a really wonderful. Um, they started out as a deli, and then they they've continued to expand into like 14 or 15 other businesses, and they have this really innovative model of um, someone has an idea, a staff person has an idea for a new business, and then, then if they pitch it in the right way and it, it makes sense financially, they'll, they'll become a partner of a new business oh, wow. with the original wow. owners. Yeah, so they created like a, I don't remember which came first, but it was like a, a deli that made amazing sandwiches and everyone loved the sandwiches. And instead of opening a second deli, they opened a bakery to create bread for the deli and then a coffee roastery to create coffee for the bakery and the deli and so it's like yeah, and they're all their, feeding each other yeah and one of their businesses is um they train so they they have incredible customer service and they they do something called open book management which is something we'd love to aspire to do um but i was out there and i was um hanging out with one of the founders of that business and he was like, Caleb, I just want to tell you that there's like maybe three or four businesses of the caliber of Cambridge Naturals in the country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't fuck this up. And I was like, got it, Paul, like, totally. No, and, then he, and then he repeated, he's like, you can't fuck this up. And I was like, no pressure. okay. I was like, cool. Great. I won't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't slept. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's a real honor. It's it's yeah. something like I'm just in awe because so many people come in every day. They're like, oh my god! Mm -hmm. You know, I was just over at yeah. Patagonia, uh, and two women. We were talking about. They were joking about something in retail about like someone asking where the bathroom is and saying like, I know you have a bathroom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was like, guys, I understand. Like, we're in retail. And I told them where where I was from or what, what company I work for, and like, oh my god. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's just so sweet. Like I've never, you know, I I don't think I grew up with a favorite store, but some people yeah. have a favorite yeah. store, and and it's really an honor to yeah. do that. Well, I think sure. it's all about the community that's mm -hmm. built yeah. around the same 
mission. Um, but what I'm really curious about, so when you came back, mm-hmm. those initial years, right? So when you're like, don't fuck this up. We don't talk up. about that. Remember when you asked that? What were those like? Did yeah. you just dive right in and feel like things were rolling? Were there struggles? Yeah. Well, um, I, I like to say during that time that it felt like drinking from a fire hose mm-hmm. because it was just so much input. Like I was, um, you know, I moved back with a fair amount of knowledge about the business and a fair amount of knowledge about the industry, uh, the natural products industry, but I'd never dived in, dove, dived, I'm not sure, in like that before. Um, and so it was incredibly overwhelming. And I was also, um, I was really trying to prove myself to a lot of staff who had been there for a fair amount of time, um, some of whom were older than me. Mm-hmm. And I felt, you know, not necessarily pressure from them, but pressure mm-hmm. within myself to prove that I wasn't just... Um, you know, that this wasn't nepotism, mm-hmm, that right. I wasn't just kind of, like, coming back in and taking over. Right. And, you know, I think my parents were nervous about that, too. They didn't want it to be seen as if, oh, the daughter's coming back and she just gets whatever role she mm-hmm. wants kind of right. thing. So, um, you know, I took on a, a leadership position but not at the top and started sort of understanding all of the different aspects of the business and I really like threw myself into it and so I was working you know at some some weeks like 80 hours a week more than that just to sort of like prove that I was you know that I could do it and it was exhausting Mm -hmm. um and it was hard too because Caleb initially came back um you know we thought he would be involved in the business but not quite as much as I would and that he would be in um building his business as well alongside that and so he didn't see me a lot like the first mm-hmm. we, were, we got married and then like <laughs> he didn't see me totally. for like six months yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like our, our lives yeah. completely changed the day after we got married yeah so that was crazy. yeah it was a big it was a big transition and and it was a challenge and and we also, you know, it, not to point a finger at anyone in particular, but we had some people on the team who had been there a long time and were sort of, had become a little bit more jaded than mm-hmm. was maybe healthy. And that was a really big challenge of like either figuring out if we could shift things and, mm-hmm. and help people feel excited to be there again, or if it was time for them to sort of move on and... Um, and Caleb and I recognized a lot of these dynamics that were happening, but we also didn't, you know, we didn't want to come in there right. like guns blazing. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so there was some, you know, the first year it was a really difficult year to be honest, and and getting through that, all those hurdles, and um, but we started to. And then you broke your. Elbow. Oh, and then I broke my elbow. Oh, your elbow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, I show that someone's there. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the fifth of July, um, <laughs> on the Prospect Hill Monument in Somerville. A year after we moved back. A year oh, after no. we moved back, and I fell down a flight of like a set of stairs, and uh, dislocated and fractured my elbow. So it was, yeah, it was like <laughs> the cap to this yeah. crazy year. year. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that, w- that was challenging, but it also taught us a lot. Like we learned a lot of different dynamics and, you know, what not to do. Um, and, uh, I don't know how we would have done it differently if we had, you know, known what we were getting into. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a, a big learning curve for me, mm-hmm. even knowing what I knew about the business already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally can't remember the second year. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what happened. <laughs> it was all a blur. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first year, there yeah. were a lot of, yeah. Yeah, of, it was, it was a challenge. I think, yeah. you know, I, my role that first year was, I was a cashier sometimes during mm-hmm. the holiday season. And then. Um, I would kind of quietly coach the management team mm-hmm. uh, from behind the scenes mm-hmm. and then be involved in conversations with Emily and her parents. And it, yeah, it was, it was really a challenge. Mm-hmm. And like slowly over time, I kind of think of it as this like um, star that is spinning really fast and kind <laughs> of like 
absorbing things mm-hmm. around because we, we keep growing, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we now have what thirty something staff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people across like two that. locations, and um, but it, it it takes a lot of energy, right? Mm-hmm. It's just sucking up energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at first I was resisting that a little bit, like given because I was I was conflicted with how much it felt like. I felt like it needed, like it was this thing, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think I've... Yeah, I mean, you hate, you hated sort of like the mod or the um, comparison at the beginning to like it being a child because you were like, the child needs to grow up, you know? Like it has <laughs> to be... No, it absolutely it does. does. The child yeah. needs... The, right. If the child... If it was a child, it was right. living in its parents' basement. Right. We, we need to let it mature right. and, and get there. But and it is... Yeah. It's actually maybe a good metaphor in that way because like we were trying to grow it also from being... You know, there are some amazing things about being a family mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. Um, but families also have lots of challenges yes. um, and um, lots of quirks. And so what we're trying to also shift it into being, and it, and it has really started to become a community of adults who work alongside each other mm-hmm. rather than, you know, sort of a dysfunctional family, like where yeah. you're not speaking to your uncle totally. and like, you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, we want it to be more of a sort of even even playing field and a mm-hmm. more healthy dynamic. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big part of our yeah. process too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talk about communication a lot. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear like kind of what is your um, kind of process of communication among your employees. Like are we talking mm-hmm. like Enneagram, like human design? <laughs> like, yes. what, are we, what are we talking here? <laughs> that's a good question. I think baseline, it's we value proactive communication Mm -hmm. and asking all the stupid questions you want, Mm -hmm. right? If you think it's not a good question, ask it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that is like step one. Um, I think past that we, we, you know, we have, we have a a set of core values. We have this list of expectations and one of them that we really love um, is a complaint is a commitment. And maybe it's even a complaint as a question. Yeah. I've been thinking that <laughs> yeah. recently. But the idea is that if you see okay. something... Yeah, I just came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we haven't even told our yeah. staff. <laughs> <laughs> totally. um, but, but the idea is that if you, if you start to feel yourself wanting to complain about something, you just nominated yourself to be a part of the solution. Yeah. And that's yeah. something we learned that's in true. grad school that was really core to the culture that we were mm-hmm. in there. Um, but it can be as little as like, there's that dust pile in the corner. You don't have one. You're, you're yeah. very clean. <laughs> Probably yeah. is. <laughs> but, to be honest. but it's, it's something like, I'll just go clean it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Rather than letting it stew because, yeah. right. you know, what goes alongside this is, um, resentment is a, just a corrosive emotion mm-hmm. as is guilt. Mm-hmm. And if we can avoid those things proactively by staying mm-hmm. active and, and just doing things about the things we see and speaking up about them, then that will um, kind of help us all move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, past that, you know, we're, we're finally at a place this year where Emily and I are focused on integrating some leadership and personal development trainings that we're leading mm-hmm. into the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks like understanding self, understanding others, understanding context, understanding how to influence, practicing that communication. And mm-hmm. it, but it really starts with understanding yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, so things like, I mean, Enneagram yeah. can be really helpful. And, That's a um, tool. Yeah, to, to un- better understand yourself and your, you know, sort of your mindset, your mental models. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we use this, we've recently been doing these trainings with sort of this different, uh, this four frames model, um, uh, pioneered what do you call it created by this team Bowman and Deal yeah um, which is like the different lenses that you can view organizational systems through so human resources structure political and symbolic and sort of how you know your particular leaning towards a certain lens might cause you to choose certain solutions um, mm-hmm. for challenges and sometimes it's the right solution but maybe sometimes there's a different type of solution uh, like if you're sort of come from a HR perspective a human centered perspective and then really what you need is a structural change um, to so yeah in regards to, to understand that. communication too what I often see and this is what I've been seeing my whole career like if I were to boil it down it's like this mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. one adult human is looking at another adult human and saying the same thing but mm-hmm. using different words and yeah. neither of them can understand one another yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like yeah. and when I was 22 I was like what the hell is wrong with you yeah. people <laughs> but now I'm like oh this is pretty normal yeah um, <laughs> 
so so what what we're able to what we're trying to do is kind of slow things down so we're you know we're open seven days a week we have anywhere from 500 to a thousand customers coming into both stores a day um we have anywhere from 10 to 20 staff working at any given time and so you can think about all the interactions right there's mm-hmm. verbal interactions all day long with mm-hmm. each other with with customers um, then there's meetings, but then there's also the nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a lot about body language and, mm-hmm. and how we can, you know, present ourselves, but also take care of ourselves. Cause that's right. one thing we're right. trying to manage right, right now. Right. We're so busy. Yeah. It, we, we can't, you know, we don't want anyone to yeah, burn out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And customer service is really foundational to what we do, creating mm-hmm. that customer experience. And so what we're especially trying to avoid or work through are some of the, as Caleb said, like the nonverbal communication things that happen between staff and customers and how customers experience our store. Because, you know, when you walk out onto the floor, like if you just had a fight with your partner and you walk out onto the floor and Mm -hmm. you have like a really pissed off face Mm -hmm. and, you know, you walk by a customer Mm -hmm. really quickly, they might think, oh, this place is really cold and they, you know, they don't want to talk to me. Um, And so we're always thinking about those dynamics. And then similarly with staff working so closely with each other, like there's so much opportunity for miscommunication Mm -hmm. um so how do we not avoid but how do we work through those Mm -hmm. conflicts Mm um and you know ultimately so that as Caleb said people don't burn out and feel healthy like we're a health and wellness company so that's right a big part of this is wanting our staff to feel healthy and well um so yeah and I feel like I mean I personally have never worked retail, but this sounds revolutionary to me for, like, the retail field, you know, because I feel like, I don't know, you go into, like, a normal, say, like, American Eagle, for an example, and I feel like no one talks to you. There's, like, pants strewn everywhere. It's just, like, chaos. Yeah. Um, So it's just, like, really amazing that that's what you guys focus on. Thanks. Yeah. We don't know any better. it's, It's kind of this thing. I don't. I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I'm involved with other types of businesses out there. I still facilitate and consult and coach other kind of entrepreneurs and business owners and um, designers. And, and I hear a lot about this concept of engagement. Like mm-hmm. how do we engage our employees? And I'm like, Oh my God, like, how do we disengage? How do we, yeah, like, how do we disengage? Because, <laughs> like, so we're all engaged. So, everyone's yeah, yeah, so yeah. in it yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty fascinating. And a, part of it is to do with the what we do. You know, we yeah. represent, the business represents something to a lot mm-hmm. of people. So people seek uh, employment with Cambridge Naturals because um, they're they're seeking something themselves, like mm-hmm. seeking some type of wellness. Um, so there's, there's a high level of engagement. Um, but that brings its own challenges, mm-hmm. right? When when there when you might feel really strongly mm-hmm. about it. So we're yeah. we're trying to figure kind of a lot of these yeah. things out. But there's no, you know, I the my joke is that no sane person would start this business as it is right. from day one. I mean, we right. have like sixteen thousand SKUs. Yeah. We have. So, yeah. What did you say today? Seven hundred vendors. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere 30, between. Yeah. Sometimes we exaggerate. It's somewhere between <laughs> five hundred and seven hundred. I don't know the exact At number. At any given moment. Yeah. Um, and and it's this business model that's had to evolve mm-hmm. over forty five years. Right. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't start this. Right. I mean, I mean, no one listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you, I, I can help you. Um, but it's it's something like I there's no like how to run Cambridge Naturals in 2019. Mm-hmm. We just keep doing these things, and we you know we're we're taking mm-hmm. what we've learned in other organizations and in our mm-hmm. other experiences and through my consulting work and trying mm-hmm. to apply it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean part of it's that so I've been thinking about this recently. Like we've always to some degree been sort of an underdog business model, if that makes sense. Like wellness didn't used to be very popular and Mm -hmm. so my parents had to put a ton of energy into bringing people in and helping people understand why to you know eat these foods Mm and um why to live this type of lifestyle and then um you know as it became more popular there was just increasing competition from every angle like we have six whole foods in a three mile radius of us for example and that's been true for way before amazon like that's been true for a couple decades that we've had um, intense competition surrounding us so we were always you know trying to um sort of keep on our toes like what is going to 
keep people coming back to Cambridge Naturals mm-hmm. in particular when you can buy these products in all mm-hmm. these other places and now everywhere, mm-hmm. like now online, now at yeah. the gas station, now at Whole Foods, yeah. now at, you know. So it's, um, we've recognized and my parents recognized that um, customers, providing this incredible customer experience is what generally brings people back mm-hmm. into the store. Like sure, it's the access to these great products, um, but it's the knowledge, the education, you know, if you have a question about a product, we have mm-hmm. staff who mm-hmm. can answer those questions for you. Um, so we've, you know, we recognize that that's a huge component of our success. And in order to have employees that are willing to do that level of customer service day in, day out mm-hmm. for, you know, decent pay in retail, we, we pay starting wage of $15 an hour and we pay 100% health insurance coverage. Oh. But that's that's still like, you know, it's not, nobody's getting rich doing this. So what is going to keep, you know, really amazing staff people around? And um, it's got to be in addition to hopefully a better wage and and better benefits, um, a sense of a purpose and a career Mm -hmm. that feels good, um, Mm -hmm. that feels like you're progressing um, and, you know, a, a sense that the place you come to work every day really cares that you're there. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, to, to your point, like, you know, the difference maybe between us and other retail businesses is we've recognized that that is our competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... But the big uh, yeah. retailers should still keep working on yeah. their <laughs> robots. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I think to some degree I'm not worried about anyone, like, yeah. taking mm-hmm. this model and because it's so hard to do like it takes so much intentionality and so much energy Mm -hmm. every day to keep it going like this keep everyone feeling good so you have to love doing that otherwise you would never do this like and I think larger retailers don't really understand their customer they don't really understand um how to run a human-centered business Mm -hmm. that's not their purpose their Mm -hmm. purpose is to um, you know, to drive shareholder drive shareholder value. Yeah, value. That's the bottom line. Right. So yeah. so why would they um, focus on these things? Because it costs a lot of money to do. And mm-hmm. you know, we don't have big profits because of that, but we feel much better yeah. about mm-hmm. the business that we're running. Right. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're just really tired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was actually yeah. speaking of energy mm-hmm. and yeah. the energy you pour into this. Yeah. And burnout. Yeah. How do you get, are you burnt out? How do you avoid that? Like for you in particular, yep. steering this yeah. ship. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> do you want to take this? Yeah. Who, who, who would like to start? Yeah. I, can, I can start. Um, you go. Then, so, I'll, then I'll go. <laughs> you can rebut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so different ways. So we, you know, it's, it's been a journey because as I said, like the first year back, I was just pouring everything into this business to the point of eventual burnout. Like I was, I was not on a path to sustainability in terms of my input. Um, and, but Caleb helped me recognize that sort of over and over again, how unsustainable that was. For years. (laughs) Just drilled it into And, um, and I, you know, I tend to be not a workaholic, but I tend to get like really into the work that I'm doing and I have done over the course of my career. So this wasn't new for me, like this sort of full on pour every part of my soul into this kind of thing. Um, but again, like over the long term, it wasn't going to be sustainable for me or for my marriage. Um, (laughs) that's a hard no. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've, we've had a lot of conversations about it and it's like, it's, it, it's a practice that we're trying to figure out, you know, even today, like how Mm -hmm. we manage our stress, how we manage our energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taken things like going on vacation for the first time really in four years. Last year we went to Ireland for 10 days and we basically unplugged um, from communication for mm-hmm. 10 days. Again, my parents didn't, you know, weren't in contact with me. So yeah. hard for that's them. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Like the one other time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so doing things like that. And then also 
you know, throughout my day, learning when to shut off, when, mm-hmm. learning when to put my phone away. We went away for the weekend, uh, last weekend, and, um, you know, taking our normal two days off, which are, we never take off, <laughs> really. We, you know, sometimes take, we like, one... We took two days off, We took days off. I mean, we usually... <laughs> thank you. I know, we're champions of wellness. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I deleted the email app from my phone for two mm. days. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is what I need to do. It's these small acts of staying grounded and sane. And, um, and then, you know, different rituals and practices throughout my day that, again, helped me feel grounded, like walking, um, like making tea, like having a glass of wine with a friend um, uh, and, you know, all those kind of things that I think are necessary on an ongoing basis, not just to like take 10 days mm-hmm. off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge. Like we, we proved that we could go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, we actually had the grand opening for our second location and we're like, okay. Yeah. Like, I think it was two days later we left. Wow. Um, which is great. That's well, we, okay. We were open we for like opened. a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't just like open the door. We should clarify Clarify. that. Um, But I think think integrating that, Mm -hmm. whatever we call it, like relaxation. Mm -hmm. I was talking to one of our staff um, people the other day. And I was like, yeah, I was, I, I realized that like, I just need the one day a week where I just like lie around and like, I'm a loaf. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, some people do that two days a week. And, <laughs> and some, and you might not have to qualify it like that. You could just say you're relaxing. And I was like, right. Yeah. But it's, like, I'm it, being so lazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think some, totally. like, it's, it's, there's the physical energy, but there's also the you know, the psychic or the mm-hmm. emotional energy mm-hmm. that, oh, is, that is. And because it's a business that it doesn't close, like we take Sunday, Monday off, but the store's still open, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like we can just rest and everything, like nothing's going to come up. You know, the phone's nearby. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah, there's never, happen. there's like basically never a day when we're not involved in some aspect of the business because it's always ongoing and like, you know, when I get a text message about something, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to be like, oh, no, <laughs> let me respond to this in two days. Um, and, you know, they're usually somewhat time sensitive, but it's also been recognizing what's a real crisis, mm-hmm. like something's on fire. It's a real <laughs> crisis. There's really nothing we could do about it. Right, far. it's true. I mean, yeah, call 911. And, or like, you know, or other types of sort of minor crises versus like not crises mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when communicated in a certain way can feel like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. needs to happen. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I think that that was a bit of our culture beforehand was this hyper responsiveness mm-hmm. to potential mm-hmm. threat because of this, you know, as a small business, you're just constantly trying to make it, make mm-hmm. it all work, make the numbers work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can lead to this sort of like mindset of everything needs a instant, you know, um, uh, response mm-hmm. and it may or may not. And mm-hmm. sometimes do like having that response immediately actually exacerbates the problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like taking, t- you know, taking an hour to respond to that email might actually be a better thing mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. being hyper responsive. So I've been working on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a challenge. Process. Yeah. I think for me too, one of the things that I've realized is that I, I was resistant to realizing that I was a part of it mm-hmm. for a while. So getting back to Yeah. Get yeah. It. I was a part of the <laughs> exactly. It. And, yeah. <laughs> it. Um, and I think, I think for me, like once I stopped resisting, mm. that helped me free up some energy too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a challenge. I mean, it, it there's just so much happening all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I see it, you know, affecting us, you know, my my default approach to to like someone putting me a bo- in a box is to like burn it down around, me. <laughs> like, light it on fire, <laughs> see what happens. So so I you know there. I have to like work through that and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we can work through this together. And I yeah. think I, our communication has improved greatly. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's sure. been, you know, I think us learning to tell each other and ask for what we, mm-hmm. we need right. has been huge. I mean, it's been like a decade of me saying like, I need this thing. It's like, 
downtime or alone time. Like I, as an only child, I guess I never had to right. ask for it. Yeah. And and Emily'd be like, "Do you want me to go?" And I'm like, kind of. Yeah. And I'm like, I was I like cool. This yeah. is like, I don't want to leave. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'll, yeah. So it's yeah. just, you know, we're constantly working on our communication so that we can help ourselves and each other out too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my next question was how do you balance having this crazy kind of career life yeah. and how do you balance your marriage into all of that and make sure that you're getting what you need in that aspect of your life? So we've been together for nine years and then in this business together for almost five years. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like half and half that we've been in this business and not, mm-hmm. but we actually have always been interested in working together. Um, we met uh, at a conference on sustainable business. <laughs> and then Kayla sent me a LinkedIn message. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so romantic. Um, and we've always like had this fantasy of working together. And then we sort of started to in Portland when I was helping him with his business. Um, and then of course with the store. And so what we're passionate about in terms of careers has always been a part of our relationship. It's mm-hmm. never been like, oh, you're, you do this and I do this, which sometimes sounds really great. <laughs> um, but we, we've always kind of like, it's been part of our dynamic from the beginning. Um, so that, that feeds into a lot of our conversations and like what we talk about. And, you know, it's not always just about the store, but it's about organizational dynamics mm-hmm. and other business models and what um, what other sort of aspects that are peripheral to that that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to, I think this sort of answers your question, but I might be getting off uh, topic a little bit, but like we try to, you know, limit our sort of work talk mm-hmm. as much as we can when we're mm-hmm. having time together. And we try mm-hmm. and think of things to, to talk about that don't involve <laughs> work. Yeah. Um, yes. Other things we're passionate about, um, like writing and reading and um, and podcasts and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but we we definitely spend a lot of time sort of like immersed in the business mm-hmm. within our marriage. Um, and I think that's sort of just normal because we're... Yeah interested mm-hmm. in it um but yeah we try and take as much time as possible to like go on a date and just mm-hmm. Yeah. not like we'll say okay we're not talking about the store yeah we've gotten a lot better at it I, it's, yeah. it's i think again with the the business because it it can like engulf everything because mm-hmm. it's always going on and there's yeah. always something interesting to talk about and there's always a new product and there's always a new you know competition and there's always a new yeah. staff person there's always you know there's always new things mm-hmm. um so it's it's exciting and too much of it is not healthy yeah you know mm-hmm. so i think i think we've found some balance yeah. over time yeah but there was there was it was challenging for a while to figure yeah. out like because me coming in I you know for me it's been entering not only a a business that you know it's not wasn't you know initially clear how I would engage with it but also a family system like we're Mm -hmm. we're currently four blocks from Emily's childhood home yeah right right now yeah Yeah. right literally right now and you know so it we're kind of surrounded I think it was easy and maybe not yeah but it was easy for you to kind of like slide right in with Mm -hmm. this like I never lived in the Boston area before um it was uh so this is all new Mm -hmm. and I think I think it's something that we're we're trying to balance is how do we kind of support one another as Mm -hmm. individual human beings but Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. as you know co-owners in a really successful wonderful business yeah we I mean we sometimes sort of like play the game of like if we were still in Portland what would we Mm -hmm. be doing um and because we had built sort of this whole life out there and there's like a parallel universe where we would have stayed Mm -hmm. and you know invested um maybe the rest of our lives there Mm um so we we try to think about like what would that life look mm-hmm. like and i think one of the things that as as wonderful as it has been to be much closer to our families we had this kind of amazing thing there where we were sort of like mm-hmm. on our own yeah. mm-hmm. and um so that had a that was really powerful for our dynamic because we came really close as a unit like we were each other's family out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. to a large extent 
Um, and now we're here and there are all these other people around us who have needs and mm -hmm. who care about us and who want time with us. And that's wonderful too. We're so we love <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that's really, it's really no. wonderful. Like family was a big draw to come back yeah. here, but it's also like, it's not just Caleb and I sort of against the world kind right. of dynamic mm -hmm. anymore. Um, it's more like we have to think about all the other inputs a lot more than we used to. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we try to, we've been better at, I think in the last couple years, like taking time just for ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, like not ourselves plus going to visit family yeah. or spending time with my parents or, um, you know, or not like ourselves in the business, but like mm -hmm. just Caleb and I mm -hmm. escaping to do something together. Yeah. Um, so that's been really important to mm -hmm. remember, like that we like each other you know, <laughs> I, I might even say love. Maybe. <laughs> 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 Both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's important to love and also yes, like your right, partner. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like. Just to clarify. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. That's so awesome. And I feel like like having that like do you just geek out over all of these products all the time too yeah. like that sounds like so much fun <laughs> we definitely yeah. geek out over products yeah. yeah we uh yeah we we get so deep into the weeds with like mm. and we've known so some of our suppliers have been working with us for four decades which is kind of crazy wow. to think about um, and some of them are much newer, but yeah, we go down sort of these rabbit holes. Um, I'm much more involved in, on the product side than Caleb is, um, but uh, we have a, I mean, a team of managers who are and and staff who are just like total geeks for these products. Mm -hmm. Like we're all, it's so much fun to test things and talk mm -hmm. about like why this ashwagandha and that ashwagandha, yeah. like why not that one? And, yeah. Um, we my my father likes to say that you know the marketing term is we curate our product selection mm -hmm. but we really agonize over our product selection <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah we spend hours yeah. talking about <laughs> it, it's really is. fascinating I, sometimes i walk in there and all i see are shapes and colors yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I can't process yeah. all yeah. the things but there i mean there are some amazing things that like we i, I have to remind myself that that these are the best products out there yeah you know and, yeah. and that's that's it's really wonderful to have access to that yeah i, I mean I, what i think is most powerful to me is you know not just the products themselves but what what I can never not because I think in systems a lot and I can never not think about okay this is a product on the shelf but like who made mm -hmm. the product and who grew the raw materials that went into the product and you know who packed and shipped it and mm -hmm. like all of those things that it takes to get to our shelves and we're pretty well informed about all of that mm -hmm. all of those aspects mm -hmm. um and that's what we're excited about as retailers is like being that platform for all of these mm -hmm. incredible companies that put so much, like it's not just, mm. you know, a bottle on the shelf. Yeah. Like it right. takes so much energy and passion to get it there. Um, and so that's a lot of responsibility too, to like mm -hmm. tell the story of these products and communicate why this costs what it costs. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, conversation around mm -hmm. that when we bring in new products or we're talking about brands that we carry and like so we we nerd out on that stuff yeah. a lot that yeah. said we're trying to make sure our house doesn't look like the store yeah, <laughs> oh exactly. yeah we bring home a lot yeah. of products like, test yeah. out and samples and like, of things and like the, the less clutter i think the yeah. <laughs> okay. i did yeah. want to ask too and last question for me but um, what products are you loving right now? Like a selection of your favorites, whether they're old standbys or sure. new ones that you're loving. Oh gosh. Um, so many. Well, okay. I just brought home this new chlorophyll mask from Coco Kind. I, I love Coco Kind. Yeah. 
I was I was wondering when I walked in here if I still had like green on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I went home midway throughout the day. I had like a break between meetings, and I was like, I'm just gonna do this course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right um, face cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, there's so many. Um, our new store brand CBD um, came oh, in CBD. Yeah, so it's made for us by this really amazing women-owned company in Vermont, and um, and uh, our friends who are local, uh, Loyal Union, designed the logo, and I just, I love, like, everything about it, mm-hmm. um, but the CBD in particular, um, I've been using, I mean, every, we carry a ton of CBD now, mm-hmm. um, and every brand sort of has its unique shtick, but, um, but I've been recently taking this one, mm-hmm. really, really love it, um, it's in a coconut MCT oil, mm. but it's got the hempy taste to it, so you mm. kind of really feels like you're tasting the plant instead mm. of just um, uh, sort of like a another flavor yeah, on like top of that. Or, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, it's pretty, it's clean, but it's hempy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are my two top ones right now. What about you? Hmm. <laughs> I... I'm, You've I'm, been hitting the Runa pretty hard. Yeah, yeah Runa. Yeah. <laughs> what Runa, is that? It's, um, <laughs> it sounds so exotic. Yeah. <laughs> it is, actually. It's a, it's a South American, it's part of the holly plant. It's Guayusa mm-hmm. is the plant. Uh, and it's caffeinated and, and it's, um, it's Runa's the company. The, yeah, it's one of the, like, there are four indigenous... Um, three. Three, sorry. Three indigenous caffeinated plants in the, the Americas. Americas. Oh. Um, mate, guayusa, and... Yaupan. Yaupan. Yaupan is a... It's, they're all part of the holly plant, mm-hmm. or holly family, and Yaupan actually grows in the south of the United States. Oh, really? It's yeah. an indigenous caffeinated plant. But Runa, was, it's, Runa's the company, and they make like this sparkling kind of beverage mm. and it's, it just gives me like the right amount of um it's like a very balanced yeah, yeah. clean energy. energy it's not like a i i drink one cup of coffee and i'm like mm-hmm. super jittery i feel great for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. and yeah. then i want to take a nap okay. yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes i do actually some people do that they actually like take a I've nap heard after that's they drink a thing. Coffee. Yeah. yeah somebody was telling me the yeah. other day that their mom drinks coffee at like 10 o'clock at night and then passes out that actually so the conference i met you at yeah i also met a woman who drinks 12 cups of coffee a day 12 yeah she was really tall she was super tall she was like and and she and she she goes she said she's like my mom drank 12 cups a day my grandmother drank 12 cups a day yeah it was i was like okay great I'm going to go talk to this uh, girl. How did that come out? <laughs> like, we were drinking coffee. <laughs> like, this is my 12th cup today. <laughs> totally. It was really amazing. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, Runa, um, I drink the same tea every morning out of the same pot. It's like mm-hmm. ritual is really, really, really important to me. Um, uh, what else do I like? I, just, I like everything Ursa Major makes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really simple. It's kind of mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Um Cordial Organics makes a really nice they make uh, a really CBD, good CBD face bomb. Uh, is it Cordial? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. It's, yeah. a, it's, yeah, it's a face oil, not a bomb. But yeah, yeah. Yep, face yeah. oil. I know what <laughs> I'm talking about. Semantics. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> I put it on my face. It feels good. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of go through waves. I know the sleep section and the stress support section really well. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you ever want to talk about that stuff. Um, they they are actually like our two most popular sections yeah. in the store. It's, yeah, it's very sad, but it's the state of the world. The world right now. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah everyone's and you're stressed. drinking something with CBD in it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it? this is a company called Dram. It's a lemongrass plus CBD sparkling water. Oh, yeah. really? It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we have that one, and then a ginger one. I think. Ginger lemongrass. Ginger lemongrass. Yeah. yeah they're really it has good. some adaptogen herbs in it. Lemon balm, Sandra, Luthero, lemongrass. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Lemon the, balm's a really great herb too. Yeah. The the stress section is very popular. Yeah. And, I'm um, constantly looking for things that can help my body feel more calm and my mm-hmm. mind have more energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you tried the, I know you guys have it, the beekeepers, naturals, mm-hmm. Royal gel or the, yeah. the like the energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those, those are, are really awesome. Have you tried it? Yeah, I'm yes. a little intimidated. I don't know. It's not gonna scares like, me a yeah. little. <laughs> so I haven't tried it quite yet. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not gonna like you're not gonna buzz on it. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna turn you into a bee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, the focus. 
Yeah. 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 Like, it just gives you that, like, slight edge. Yeah. Like, if you're feeling, like, a little, like, off that day, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Take some of that. We love Beekeepers Naturals. We had Carly on the Oh, oh that's cool. right. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. awesome. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Their products um, are wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much. This yeah. was so yeah. awesome. I feel Thanks like we could talk for, like, another yeah. hour. Yeah. <laughs> where can our listeners yes. find you? Mm. Okay, so we're um, locally in Cambridge and Porter Square and in Brighton at Boston Landing. We also just launched local delivery um, no via Mercado. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, like, at home in bed sick and you're like I just need some elderberry like we can get it to you actually I was so in that position a couple of oh no yeah. I was like I could really use some elderberry right now so I'm not even kidding time. I really want I hope it. you don't get sick again oh, thank you. if it happens but or I did like... I went and got elderberry oh, okay. from oh, cool. you guys like the next day yeah that's awesome. no, wow it's <laughs> awesome stuff um, and then we're on Instagram at, at Cambridge Naturals and on the web at CambridgeNaturals.com mm-hmm Wow. So exciting. (laughs) I'm just so happy to be talking to you guys. I feel like Cambridge Naturals is something that we've been like idolizing the past couple of years. We really appreciate you. We can't wait to continue the conversation more. Have our listeners check you out. Um, And as always, for our listeners, you can find us at Detox Until Podcast dot com on Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review. And talk to you.